stories here to tell. Feed the fire, merry meat, dare to more than dabble. All are welcome at our hearth for a little bonfire babble. Bonfire babble. Welcome to the bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. And it just occurred to me, like I've seen it. I've walked by it a number of times. I think I've even mentioned it. But it just really clicked for me that you have a carousel horse in your house. We do. It's just there. We do. (laughs) Just being a carousel horse. Where does it usually live? It's lived a couple of different places. It usually lives on the side of that. It lived Uh. in front of the mantle for or the fireplace for a little while but now we're using Using that yeah which is great and yeah and tammy's had it since she was it's been in her childhood home since she was two years old two or three her mom took her to an antique estate sale (laughs) and she went to the price range of the area where she allowed tammy to pick something and that's what she picked yeah it's very cool yeah it really is it's beautiful yeah yeah sorry everybody magic (laughs) oh Uh, the rabbit holes (laughs) oh the rabbit holes i just i was looking over and i was like huh because like i said i I remember i know it's there but i'm just now like really realizing that yeah i i do that sometimes with people yeah i just go i know that person yeah i've I've known them for a long time. A long time. Yeah. I used to do that with Tammy all the time. It's like, there's another person in my space. Nah. And and I live with them. And wow. Wild. <laughs> yeah. What a trip. I know. This week, we have something a little lighter than last week. <laughs> and I think pretty fun. We put out a call for our listeners to submit things that they wanted to know more about questions that they had for us, whether that's about us or about magic. And you all came out in a big way and I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Especially I appreciate all of your guys' patience with the survey monkey shenanigans. Oh my goodness. Ugh. Like stinkers. Like truly extortionate what survey monkey wants to charge for their services. And I don't think they listen and I don't think they're going to come for me or anything. But that's just bad practice. Who needs to make that many surveys that they're willing to pay $30 a month for it? And if they do, maybe they should do that. But maybe they should have a tier system. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. I think it would be fun, unless you have any babble up top, to take these questions to the bonfire. Let's do it. Get cozy with them. I'm ready. Okay, our first question comes from Artemis, who asks, I want to know what the difference between manifesting and setting intentions is, please. <laughs> Which is my favorite kind of question. Yeah. It's like a statement and then a, eh? What the heck? End? This is a, I think, a big one. Dada, you said I that too. too. Yeah, I think this is a this is a hard one, but I, I do have an answer and I can't wait to hear yours as you well. You go first. I I think the difference between I think you can set intentions to do something or to be something or to get through something or to clear something in your spell work and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're making something physically tangible on this earth. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's tricky. I think it's like a Venn diagram. Does that mean everything is manifesting? Maybe. Maybe it does. Maybe everything is. But I don't, I think manifesting takes a different type of intention. So it takes a different focus, a different energy level. Whereas intentions, I'm going to set my intention for the day to drink this mountain water, grieve at this time, have joy at this time, or this amount of joy during the day, Mm -hmm. setting those types of intention. And yes, in a way, that is all manifesting. We're starting with the hardest one. one. Yeah. For me and other witches may go, oh my gosh, you guys, it's so simple. (laughs) It's not simple for me. The older I get, the more I find fewer and fewer things are simple. Oh yeah. I knew so (gasps) much more when I was younger. Oh yeah. So much more. I knew fucking everything (laughs) when I was 13. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I was also Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. What about you? What do you think? Uh, I think I agree. I think I mostly agree with you. I okay. think the way I conceptualize it, though, I think might be slightly different, mm-hmm. but it might be the same. And we just say it different. I'm not sure. So here's what I'll say. Instead of just supposing what you think about <laughs> what I'm going to say, I'll just say the thing and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> I think that setting intentions can be a tool towards manifestation. Mm-hmm. But I think that they can also be tools towards other things. Kind of like you mentioned, like intentions towards manifesting is a specific thing. But if I were to say my intention with this spell is to, I don't know, here, 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 I'll simplify it a little bit. The manifesting makes things real, makes things tangible, right? Like physical world stuff. Whereas intentions can benefit, I think, in all planes of of work yes that is a great way to say it thank you thank you i had to talk it through to get there myself because i know i think it but how do i say it that you can set an intention in your astral travel to meet someone and get answers Mm -hmm. you can set an intention in your meditation to i don't know find focus for 10 full seconds Mm -hmm. you can which is for me an astronomical amount of time for f- like full focus and presence you can set an intention to to do any number of things that don't necessarily mean bringing something into being yes something physical into being and that and it is different than that although you go to those places to bring something into being or i do when i manifest mm-hmm. i go to a lot of different levels and astral and all that mm-hmm. i'm actually talking about that on Patreon with the Witch's Pyramid. Mm. And I'll ex- I'll go deeper into that. That's not what this episode is about. <laughs> but but yes, I do also go there to just exactly what you said, intangible, not of this plane. Yeah. I think that's a great way to say it. Intentions and- can be completely mm-hmm. and totally not on this plane. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's a pretty general I feel like yeah. Dada and I could do a whole episode about the difference between manifesting and setting intentions may i just say i felt this way about almost every single yeah so we're (laughs) giving an episode this is a broad stroke (laughs) our impressions and and general ideas because i think that Mm. for everyone the answer to this is going to be a little different and nuanced but i think that that is that is how i feel about it and it sounds like we have a similar idea on that yeah i think so and we should probably do a disclaimer by the way if we answer something that you're like that does not ring true with me we that's fine. Great. That's fine. Yeah. Do you know what that means? That means that there are varied perspectives yeah. and ideas and realities 
all around our bonfire. And yeah. that is the kind of bonfire I want. Me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if everybody thought just like me, <laughs> oh God, oh God, <laughs> that would be terrible. Okay. Hey, Artemis, thank you for that. Thank you, Artemis. Trish asks, I've been getting signs that a deity has been trying to get in touch with me. However, I don't really know where to start my research. I'm worried I'll pick one or two and do all the work, but it'll be the wrong ones. What is a good way to narrow down on where to start my research? Corey? So I have noticed that this question has two questions. So let's answer this first one first. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love that. Good. So I actually have a trick I use for this that I don't know if this will help but it helps me quite a lot, is I do free association Google searching. I love that. It helps you to, I think sometimes it is just as useful to figure out what something is not Mm -hmm. as it is to find out what it is. And we love negative space. But if I have a like idea, for example, the reason that I figured out that Hecate was reaching out to me was because I got a glimpse of some stuff and I looked up, I was like, deities and these like three things I saw. And I was able to look through the search results and be like, I can eliminate this and this and this right away because it feels wrong. And then dive into the things that remained that felt right. And then just if something had a hyperlink to something else, I would click it and be like, okay, let's go a little deeper here. And just let your Google searching follow its own natural path to the thing that is correct and know to not put too much pressure on yourself that you'll find exactly what you're looking for right away because some stuff can't be just easily searched like that. Mm -hmm. Some stuff comes through finding some things about the deity that, that ring true to you and then taking the time to do library research or reaching out via meditation and and pathworking and things like that and and journaling and and focusing and doing the thing where you reach out with your mind arms and you're like hello hug me i want to talk to you so free association googling is where i always always start because it helps me narrow it down what about you i love that first i'm gonna say about the research thing if you have time it's not wasted. Absolutely. Yeah. Do that research. And then you know about these other deities and that can be fun. But if you and don't worry about offending the deity that's reaching out to you while you try to figure it out. And one of the ways you can figure it out is ask. Just ask them straight out. Hey, who the heck are you? And you may or may not get an answer. You may get signs like Corey has told her story of how she found her deity mm-hmm. And she knew somebody was there and was feeling it out. So you might get signs. And those are the Google things that you Google. I do the Google free association, though, as well to find that. And all right, y'all, this chat GPT thing that's going on, I'm I'm dealing with it hardcore in my classes. I've already had nine people turn in assignments with it. So... I'm not going to... For real. Oh, for real. For real. And they, to their credit, all cop to it. And you're like, why are you talking about that? Because 
I had a chat with ChatGPT and asked the question, how do I tell my students that they're not thinking for themselves and that this is really going to not benefit them? And blah, blah. Anyway, I did a whole long chat. It was like a little mini play and posted <laughs> it for them. And all nine of the people came. I'm so sorry. I understand what you're saying now. And I wrote back. I said, I understand the temptation. But this is what I did discover. You can ask chat GPT questions, and I will not say it's complete because I asked some questions that they absolutely answered wrong big time. But if you don't even know where to start your Google search, if you want to type something into chat GPT, see what it tells you, and then go Google it. Don't live there. Don't live in chat GPT. It's not as smart as everybody thinks it is. And it gives you wrong information. But if you are really having a hard time with that prompt, go for that. And you don't even have to. I have definitely, when I first started working with Dionysus before I realized that's Mm -hmm. who it was, I was like, deities that make you feel like this. Yes. And that? Yes. Oh, that's a great question. That we is should the put together first... some questions. Yeah, we could do that. Oh, yeah. We and, could absolutely And by do that. we, I mean court. No, I'm kidding. No, we <laughs> could absolutely do that. But if it it sounds so silly when you say out loud, search for a feeling on the internet, mm. but enough people and enough articles and enough anecdotal shamelessness. Yeah. Like those were feelings that I searched and it took me to some stuff that I was like, I can immediately tell you that's wrong. That's not the thing I want. But when the stuff that I was like, maybe that's it. Because it also Mm -hmm. took me to, as a possibility, like a couple of other deities, a couple of Egyptian deities, a couple of other Greek deities, a couple of Norse deities. And I was like, these don't feel right, but they're closer. Mm -hmm. Until it finally spiraled me down until the center point, which was... Dionysus. So you can Google a feeling. Just know that that's the first step. Yeah. None of these are the final step. This is the first step. I had one other thing and I've lost it. Oh, I'm sorry if I scooted it out of your head. You didn't. It wasn't you. Cool. Trisha's second question is, I live with someone who doesn't really support my witchiness. So I have to do a lot when they are traveling or aren't home. I hate it because I want to do some spells to keep my magic going. The spells I've done in the past were necessary at the time, but now it feels like everything is okay and I don't need any big spells. Do you have any daily spells I can do on the down low that just keep my magic on a good idle? Idle meaning I-D-L-E. Like your car at a stoplight. Yeah. That's a hard one when you're not looking at it written down. Oh, 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 (laughs) I wanted to make sure that people know I'm not saying like I-D-O-L. Got it. Yeah, yeah. It's I-D-L. Yes. (laughs) Excellent question. Yeah, it really Difficult is. situation. I'm so sorry. Tricky. Yeah. Tricky. <sighs> I'm sorry that you have to do it on the DL. Yeah. I mean, kudos to you for taking advantage of the time when you have the space to yourself. Yeah. Bummer that... Just, I think that it's a bummer that there's a disconnect there in in that aspect of, of your practice mm-hmm. with the person that you are with, living with. I hope it's a parent or a roommate. Yeah, I don't know what this relationship yeah, is. It's I don't know my business. I won't ask. Yeah, it, but. And if it's a partner, that's totally different. Yeah, it's very different. Yeah. 
Do you have any good like low key all the time spells? I know you have stuff you do every day that nobody sees but you. Yeah. I just did some this morning. By the way, we're recording on Beltane Eve. Oh, yeah. Happy Beltane, everybody. Belchonet or... But, yeah. All this, Mayday. All Mayday. Those, yeah. I, this morning, did a washing... <laughs> gonna wash that person right out of my hair. <laughs> but I do, every single morning, I do a cleanse. And today, I spoke it out loud. And mm-hmm. if you're in private you can speak it out loud and I did things like I am washing away any any energy that doesn't serve me today any energy that I'm bringing from last week I also washed away any okay I do this one daily I wash away the effects of my trauma every single day one of these days, I hope to not have to do that. Yeah. But I did that. I do that in the shower. I do it with my soap. Today, usually it's like my hair and I'm done. Not even my... Today, it was the entire shower. <laughs> it felt so good. And I cannot tell you how much lighter I feel and how much happier I feel today. I also brought things in. Mm-hmm. So like when I was conditioning my hair, I was bringing health. You don't just have to banish when you're in that water. Mm-hmm. And of course, you're dealing with that water element and you're dealing with, I am dealing with heat. So that fire element and I'm breathing in that air and that's the air element. And I'm standing on something that I consider the earth. <laughs> yeah, It is an earth product that is beneath my feet. So I do that. That's one of them. But yes, The stirring the coffee, the stirring the tea, the making the bed, the Mm. doing laundry. Mm. There is nothing more meditative when you're in the right mood than folding your laundry and putting it away. (gasps) Or horrible. (laughs) Sometimes it sucks real bad when you're not in the right space for it. It's like, why do I have to do that? Why do it? But But you're right. There are so many ways you can stay in the closet so that's that's just the first one. Again, we read these and went, we can do full episodes. Yeah. So maybe we will. And I would say stuff that you could do on the daily, on the down low, mm-hmm. if the other person that you cohabitate with is, I don't know, it says not supportive. I have extrapolated that out a little bit to mean uncomfortable. Mm. So if that person is perhaps uncomfortable, they don't have to see the magic you do. They nope. don't even have to know you're doing it. Nope. And and it's not really hiding it so much as it's just being made part of your everyday. Yeah. When you're brewing your tea or when you're cooking your eggs or when you're, I don't know, buttering your toast and putting spices on it, when you're doing whatever it is that you're, you're doing, as long as you are continuing to pump those things full of intention and focus. You can light a candle. Yeah. A scented candle in the room. Yes. Yeah. A scented candle. Take yourself a nice bath. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's private. Go lay down in some grass. Like you don't, it It doesn't have to be, like you said, a big spell, but these are things that'll keep you in practice of focusing your intention yes. and everything so that when you do those big spells, when that other person is no longer around for however many days, you, you, you won't feel like you've lost that ability to drop in you can also make a mini altar like in an altoids tin oh yeah they're so cute and i have a little mini travel altar and go to a park and go someplace i'm not sure where you live 
or how much time you can mm. spend outside, but go outside. Yeah. Yeah. Just go away from where they are. You can use like a stash uh, box or yep. like that I said, an Altoids tin yep. or anything that closes and looks pretty innocuous. Yep. And and you can also not have anything and just do it on your walk. Yeah. Get away from that person when they're there and not traveling. Yeah. yeah. So go outside, touch a tree. <laughs> that right there is magic in that my really, really makes me feel better when it I go outside and touch a tree. Okay. Our next question comes from Tanu. It says pronounced approximately like Tanu, so I, I hope someday I get to learn from this person's mouth to my ears exactly how to pronounce it. But mm-hmm. we're gonna say Tanu asks in the modern world there's so many resources that it's getting hard to choose where do you recommend a new witch to start nowadays i'm so glad you said that you were a new witch because that is very helpful Mm -hmm. there are tons of 101 books out there so many 101 books out there that yes, it is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So I need to ask you to ask yourself a couple of questions. What are you drawn to? What practice are you drawn to? What is your culture, your background? Do you want to start there? Or do you want to look at another open practice that might not be your culture? Start fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Start fresh, which is totally because who knows what baggage you have with ancestors. And then I know these keep getting slammed now by my younger generation, but I'm going to suggest them anyway. I know Scott Cunningham's stuff is not complete. It isn't. But... He has some great stuff, and it's a great jumping off point, as is Silver Raven Wolf. I I should say that. It might continue to be accurate for a lot of people, but I find her work really, really inspiring. Corey mentioned a book in with... in Was it Waking the Witch? It was Waking the Witch Mm -hmm. by Pam Grossman, and that is newer. Mm -hmm. It's a fascinating book. I believe the Chaotic Witch, they're an Instagram person, and they've done stuff with the Witch of Wonderlust. Mm. They have some amazing stuff. The two of them do an episode together on YouTube where they go thrifting together, witchcraft thrifting. It's so good. And the Witch of Wonderlust, I think, is amazing. She's going through a crisis right now where she feels like she's an imposter, and I'm here to tell you that she's not. She's amazing, and I love her. And she's in her 20s, and she's just freaking fabulous. And she's one of the people that, you know, that says, oh, Scott Cunningham and those. She's just not so into them. That's okay. You might not be. You might. Yeah. So those are some some starters. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to read things in those books that are going to inspire you to go other places. Yes. And don't feel... Give yourself permission not to do it all at once. Oh my goodness, yes. I want to do all the things. Ah, I totally get that feeling. (laughs) I live in that feeling. I have to calm that feeling almost every single day. Parse it out for yourself. Write it down, what you're going to do when, so that you don't let that overwhelm stop you and paralyze you, which Mm -hmm. is what happens to me Yeah. sometimes when I look in my tea closet. I think... Another thing that is a good idea to keep in mind is that 
if you start researching one thing and you do it for a little while and you like integrate it for a little while and you realize actually mm. it doesn't feel like right, mm-hmm. stop and do something else. Like you are in no way locked into any one practice just because you started it. That's, I think, incredibly important to keep in mind because yeah. I have it's like the problem I have with most planners, right? Like I get in it and I get deep in it and I'm like, yes, this is the thing. And then I get overwhelmed by the responsibility of it and the obligation, the time obligation and the focus obligation of it. And it doesn't feel like it continues to enrich me. And so then I get overwhelmed and I just stop using it altogether. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that is easily translatable as an experience with other practicey things that I have done. And just keep in mind that you're going to, read a lot of things Mm -hmm. and you have permission to take them one book at a time knowing that other books are going to be out there still when you're done so you don't like Detta said have to do it all at once you don't have to buy a hundred books you can go to your library and find these books for free please go to your library or use their online digital book library support your library or their audio or their audio books yes please i love audio books but but you finish a book or even maybe you don't finish a book. Mm-hmm. Maybe you start a book and mm-hmm. you go, mm, this doesn't feel right in my heart. So I will move on. That's okay. I just, I keep going back to what Dad said. You don't have to do it all at once. Like no. take, take it a piece at a time and slowly integrate the things that feel right. And then when something inspires you, follow that. I haven't told Corey this. Uh-oh. But, uh oh. No, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> But I've started a list of resources that we keep because I'm still working on the fucking website, y'all. We have potentially <laughs> some cool stuff. Yeah. but And I want to get it up. I am so technically challenged when it comes to that for some reason. But I'm going to work through it. But anyway, I have a list of resources and I call it the starter kit as far as things that you might want to start with. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. Like a bundle. <laughs> yeah. And and I've actually created a couple of different ones thinking about just based on a couple of different things because of the overwhelm. Mm-hmm. I was like, I should just put them all out there together. And I got overwhelmed. I was like, how can I break these into categories? Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw them to Corey and she'll help refine them or add them or make oh, up her own. We will teamwork them. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Rihanna asks... Do you have any meditation advice for ADHD baby witches? Boy, do we. Oh, yes. My biggest piece of advice is don't beat yourself up if you can't sit quietly for an extended period of time, because that is not necessarily what meditation is. That's my biggest piece Mm -hmm. of, of advice. I learned that in my teacher training, my yoga teacher training, honestly, that was expressed to us. And I was like, oh, everything is different now. I would say rather than try to fit your meditation to a prescribed format or style, try different meditations that you see and then fit meditation into your life instead of trying to bend your life around trying to meditate, like folding your laundry or drying the dishes or doodling or crafts or if you have ADHD, perhaps you have experienced the intense hyper-focus. 
where suddenly it's 3 a.m. and oh my god I've been crocheting for five hours and you're like how did this happen to me tap into those moments and use them to meditate because literally meditating is at least in my experience it is a moment for your mind to unravel itself untangle itself rather Mm -hmm. so that it can solve problems or reach answers or open itself up for messages and lessons and things. And and you don't have to be sitting silently in lotus position with your friggin' hands at your heart to do that. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah. Start small. Start small. Try five seconds. Oh, yeah. And then 20 and then 30. The other thing, too, is the thoughts are going to come. Mm-hmm. It's amazing when all of a sudden you're in this blissed out state and then you realize, oh, I've been in a blissed out state. Wow. And then, of course, you start to think again. There's a thought. Hey, I make them crows and I have them land on this tower that is in the middle of a field surrounded by trees Hmm. and I am sitting against this ruins of a castle the crows just there oh there's a thought and they're gonna sit right there and they may keep kind at me they may not be quiet or they make it might get silent because I've acknowledged them Mm -hmm. and they go there I run I haven't lately I love that we have started walking again and I do find that I can get into that and I've been doing a little bit of that on Instagram when (laughs) Cody lets me I look at the water I just do it for as long as I can do it Mm -hmm. and meditation will often lead to thoughts and ideas and things I want to write down and there's nothing wrong with that I think that's a really big misconception is that meditation means an empty still mind yeah and it isn't it it, it is, is for some people it, I mean but sure not. it might be for some people but I don't think that is necessarily the yeah. full intention of meditation I think it creates a peaceful and safe place mm. for you to acknowledge and process your thoughts yeah Dad said with running I used to call that garbage disposal time mm-hmm. because when I would run, which I have been feeling like I want to start doing again, which is kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. When I would run, like I, my thoughts would just go through and the ones I weren't helpful or didn't, I didn't need anymore yeah. would just go down the garbage disposal. Yeah. And when I was done, I felt like way better. And a lot of times when, go ahead. When I go through that when I'm running, mm-hmm. if it's a longer run, then the silence comes. Oh, yeah. Eventually and, for me. Sure. Yeah. And that is f- so freaking amazing. The other time I get silent, I get that silent thing that is supposedly the that's what you need mm-hmm. to meditate thing is when I'm doing breath work. Sure. Just focusing on just my breathing. I'm not focusing on, I'm going to try to meditate. Nope. I'm focusing on breath and I'm doing the counting and there's so many different types of them. And if you don't know them, there are now all these amazing apps out there if it's in your budget. And I've done a couple on Patreon and maybe I'll do some more that walk you through breathing and so you're hearing that voice so you're not needing to come up with it Mm -hmm. they're usually like five minutes long or something like that these and then I continue the breathing exercise but I I still want to focus on the pattern of the breath work Mm -hmm. but eventually that pattern of the breath work I stop counting and I just go into bliss land Mm -hmm. and that quiet shows up I would say also 
two quick points. Dead of Seas Crows. I think of my thoughts when I'm meditating as clouds because somebody said mm. that to me once. They were Love like, that. they're in the sky. They're there, but they will drift by. It will just take a little time and then they'll go. I also think of Here Comes a Thought, which is a song from Steven Universe, which is beautiful. And it talks about how sometimes our thoughts hurt us and distract us and, and can mm. be difficult. But remembering that it is just a thought. Mm-hmm. and that's really helpful and my last piece of advice and i this is not in a in any way flippant or silly or i don't mean for it to be blue <laughs> but there mm-hmm. are a lot of problems in life where the answer at least in the short term until you get back on an even keel is have an orgasm about it so if you are not Seriously. a if you are not a sex averse person because I know some are and yeah. if that if you are sex averse this is not the solution for you, but if you have some time by yourself, sometimes if you're having a difficult time getting into a place where your mind is quiet, have an orgasm about it and then try to meditate. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a great space to uh, be in for real. Plus, also you've done something nice for yourself. Exactly, <laughs> pleasure. Yeah, it's important and good. Our next question is from David, who asks, is there a specific genre of music that makes either or both of you feel magical? All of it does. (laughs) I have so many different choices of music that makes me feel magical. I do like pagan music. It's great. But I find... I find witchy stuff in so many things. And I've started even in Taylor Swift music, y'all. I, I have a channel now on Spotify called Out of the Taylor Swift Closet. Are you becoming a Swifty? I don't know if I am or not. I don't like all of her stuff, but <laughs> a lot of her stuff is really great to move to and to do that moving meditation with. Yeah. And some of her lyrics are really, some of her lyrics are good for spell work there you go yeah a lot of her stuff is really i'm sorry to any taylor swift fans but a lot of her stuff is really simple and straightforward and uh, about people i and i don't know she's not on any list or bad list is she taylor swift yeah i don't think so i think that her army of fans is the most terrifying army of fans on the planet but really aside from maybe bts fans what are bts back the no (laughs) that's bts Uh, bts is a k-pop group oh but uh, right it it takes one small thing to mobilize the swifty army and someone is canceled or ruined oh wow it's wild wow yeah i appreciate her support in lgbtq yes this is a different this is a different rabbit hole i like some of her stuff i'm not a swifty i think i missed the exit to become a swifty but i I don't know. I mean, this is recent. This, yeah. I want to. There were a couple of her songs that I ran to. Yeah. And then I hadn't ran for a while. And I was like, I want to hear that song. And it was on Spotify. So, of course, it led me to stuff. So, I love Celtic music. Mm. I love pop music. I love Prince. And I actually, both Corey and I, because of the music episode, have Spotify channels yes. that have music in there that inspire us and so mine's all over the place how about yours i organize as some of you may know if you listen to the pod a lot i organize my music by vibe mm-hmm. by mood more than by genre so it depends on what kind of powerful i need to be because mm-hmm. sometimes i listen to my i have a list called songs that make me want to bone 
which is like I a it's like that. a smotion it's like a smotion playlist but it makes you feel powerful in a certain way and i have mm-hmm. a sort of like bad bitch playlist that i listen to when i need to feel that kind of way or i think that sadness and grief are incredibly powerful and sometimes when i need to feel powerful in that way i'll put on one of my like sad girl playlists it it really depends i think right now like 80s style synthwave music is making me feel a lot of stuff yeah i think it just really depends on what kind of vibe i need yeah because sometimes i just listen to really screamy metal and that helps but sometimes i want to listen to sarah mclaughlin (laughs) yeah 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 or i I want to sing along really loud to a musical (sighs) yeah and all of that could be yeah magical i have a play i have a couple of musicals that if i need to feel a very specific emotion i put them on absolutely if i want to be so angry i can hardly see straight i put on the last five years if i want to cry my goddamn eyes out i put on hadestown i have to say yes hearkening back just a little bit you can never go wrong with 80s music everyone it's fun because to be a little bit kevin kleinish from the big chill it is the best music ever. <laughs> uh, anyway i love it cool Um, yeah so sorry for the lack of specific answer but all of it (laughs) yeah yeah go to our playlist yeah go to our playlist see what you think and now we want to hear what yours are yes Mm. ashlyn asks, how can i connect to spirit deity the universe whichever you believe in on a daily basis when i was catholic we had prayers but i don't know how to do something similar as a pagan witch practitioner Thank you for answering my question. You two are so lovely. Oh, thank you. So are you in a little heart emoji? I have a very specific answer to this. Okay. I, maybe not on the daily, but like the two to three times a week that I water the plants, I commune with deity and I just say thank you. And then I reach out to ancestor as well because my grandma Jean was the person I gardened with. Every single night before I go to bed, I do a little thank you reach out to my sort of trifecta of deity that I work with. So like I go through and I name them all and then I say thank you and I say I am open for messages, lessons, anything. And if I have anything specific to ask for that day or the next day, I will slide that in there and then I will say my sleep time blessing and go to bed. Ditto similar things of what you said about reaching out and gratitude and thank you and asking. I also do healing work absolutely every single day. And so I light candles every single day. Tammy was Catholic and she calls herself or did, she doesn't anymore, a recovering Catholic. (laughs) So I don't know where you are in relationship to that Catholicism. I happen to love so many things about the Catholic Church because of their ritual. And then I taught at an all-girls Catholic high school, the Jesuits. So they were very open. We had a gay and lesbian group on campus. So glad club. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was just an amazing. So I had an amazing Catholic experience, even though I was not Catholic. And I even thought about converting and went oh but I have to say I'm not a lesbian yeah no fuck them (laughs) but there are things even before I like taught at the school I made witch beads that were like the rosary so if you liked that if it doesn't have a bad association for you then 
repurpose a rosary or make a brand new one, make your own for your deity. I have a black and red one that I made in 1999 for On Morrigan that is black onyx. And I have a hematite where the Christ figure would be. It's a flat and I can rub it and I start there and I and I do chants and prayers. And that is also, by the way, another way to meditate. Absolutely. <laughs> if you like that. Yeah. But if it does have a bad association for you, yeah, what yeah. you said, Corey. You can also and, make like a touchstone yeah. in your house somewhere. I have so many of those. So like a lot of people will hang a crucifix, which mm-hmm. like I never understood because like that was his worst day. Anyway, <laughs> but you could put like a... A little statue of something else, even if it's something innocuous. Oh, yeah. You could put a little crystal ball or a little crystal carving somewhere, somewhere that you pass by frequently and you can physically touch with your hand and say hi to your deity and whatever. I don't know. Just as passing, just be like, hey, bud, love you and move on. Yeah. Just paying attention and and putting it somewhere where you're going to walk by it all the time. If you're an out witch, mm-hmm. <laughs> like my every place in my house has deity stuff, yeah. like all over it. That if I forget something, I I run into it somewhere else. And I do have my own altars, so if you're allowed in your space to, if you feel comfortable having an altar, just put up an altar somewhere. Mm-hmm. With they don't always have to be like I have these little green candle holders that are in the shape of a woman and have flowers and stuff on them that's really innocuous that doesn't have to be a goddess thing if you're in the closet but it is a goddess thing and can be and same with you can also find ones that are god-like or non-binary i have all of those in my house i should take some pictures of those and stuff like that if touch a tree outside touch a tree yeah (laughs) if you were gonna think of it in like game mechanics a sword is a magic sword is just a magic sword unless you attune to it Mm. so like you can't use its stuff unless you attune to the magic sword so like for anybody else in your space a candle holder is just a candle holder you're the one you're the one that's attuned to it i also thought of another great vessel for altars is shoeboxes oh yeah and if you're into miniatures my best friend is into miniatures like building miniature rooms like dollhouse style I've seen that on this particular friend's Instagram. She's the coolest bitch on the planet. I love her so much. It was so good to spend a day with them yesterday. But like you could make it a tiny room. Oh, yeah. And imbue it with all the stuff you would put in an altar. And yeah. But deity, everyday deity work, I would say something that makes it, something that makes it easy. Yep. Something that makes it visible and, and apparent to you. And perhaps innocuous to others. Yep. If you have to. Yeah, if you have to. I don't give a fuck in my space, but. (laughs) Cool. And then the second question Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Is how can we tell people, normies, about our craft practice experiences so that they understand us better without sounding crazy? I have a very important thing to say about this Mm -hmm. as well as an answer. Okay. The first one is. I think it's very generous of you to want to explain this to others, but for anybody else, and you also, you don't owe anybody an explanation about your beliefs and your practices. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't. Even if you were like 
part of a mainstream religion, you don't owe anybody an explanation about it. In fact, perhaps everybody just shut up for a second about it. But <laughs> uh, sorry, I've been on the news a lot this week. But but you don't owe anybody that. But if you do want to, and you want to form a connection with a person that includes this element of your life, I think there's nothing wrong with testing the waters of of that and just saying something like, I'm spiritual, I practice in this way, and I'm what some what you might consider like a, a witch or or pagan or whatever word you feel comfortable using. Because if if it's gonna go tits up, it's gonna happen <laughs> fast and right away. But if it's not, if it's a person you trust and are trusting with this information and and you want to give them an opportunity to understand you better, which is, again, so generous of you, then test the waters first and know that you don't owe them a ton of specificity. If they respond with sort of a trepidation and like a the way that people do when they don't understand something new, that's a great opportunity to not necessarily get them to understand, but to get them to expand like their curiosity or or their understanding of the people in the world, because now you're one of the people in the world that maybe they didn't really know anything about before. And so you're giving them an opportunity to grow just by knowing you, but never offer anything you don't want to offer. You don't owe anybody an explanation. And... I like the jingles. I'm going to keep them. Yeah, I like them. <laughs> and, uh, and, and don't reveal anything that makes you feel unsafe. Yeah. That's all. Because a lot of stuff that we do, I don't think can be easily explained to people who don't even have their mind open to it at all. Yeah. Because it will sound kind of bonkers, probably. But yeah, that's how I feel about that. Cool. What about you? My answer is I think you should start a podcast ah. and tell everybody everything that you're doing and fi- not everything because we have to keep some things in. <laughs> I, I just, of course, but I, I came to the conclusion doing the podcast that there are some things I listen back to and go, oh, wow, yeah, that sounds crazy. That sounds like I am, and I am using the word crazy on purpose, and it, it, that sounds if this were 20 years ago and I said that someone would put you away but yeah 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 they would and then I thought to myself huh I grew up really religious in a Christian mainstream I don't know if you did Ashlyn or not but I read the Bible it's fucking insane it's bonkers in there it is so insane and we're talking about banning books and all that it is banana pants in there everything (laughs) that they're banning sex violence, supernatural, psychic, yeah. demons. It's all in the Bible. It's just, it's just they don't consider it crazy because it's the Bible yeah. and it's their deity. And once you start looking at mainstream religion mm-hmm. of deity, yeah, yeah, all of it sounds crazy, Yeah, but it's not. When you describe <laughs> monotheistic faiths literally, yeah. they sound bonkers no more or less than me explaining my polytheistic exactly exactly it all it all breaks down to we need to explain our reality and be in touch with the greater energy of the universe and conceptualize it in a way 
that makes sense to us. Yeah. And it yeah. all sounds bonkers because we're all touching a thing that defies explanation. And I have a second answer for you. So many things that we do as witches can be proven scientifically. Sure. So many. So if you've got an atheist or an agnostic in your realm that you want to explain it to, just remind them Mm. that this has been explained already. And this might be in my lifetime. Yeah. May I say to that point really quickly, in my experience, the few like truly atheist atheists Mm -hmm. that I have spoken to that we have touched on the discussion of like witchcraft and like what I do and stuff like that have been so much more open to discussion and so much more accepting of my belief system and the understanding that it does not have to be theirs than any monotheistic person that's great i have ever experienced that conversation with that's great because they they don't it's it's not even necessarily that atheists know that nothing's out there it's just they don't believe that anything's out there and if they can believe that why can't you believe what you believe and everybody just lives happy and not oppressing one another because of the things they do or don't believe <laughs> so that's fun cool. yeah we have a question here from Stacy, who asks, when something isn't working, how can you tell the difference between a spell or element of a spell that just needs to be tweaked versus one that is telling you, give it up, babe, this one's not for you. This is a good one. It is a really good one. <laughs> Stacy. you're so brilliant. I meant to say earlier, you I remembered it? what it was. Yes. You have to train your intuition. Oh, yeah. That is what I was going to say so much earlier. So I am I will leave in or maybe I'll record. Hey, I answer this later, the thing I forgot about. Anyway, <laughs> if you are in tune with your intuition, because nobody can tell you. I mean, they can guide you. They can point you in the right direction. But it's within you that you, you have to feel that. And one of the other ways I think you can do it is tweak it. Go ahead and tweak it. It's, yeah. it's probably, it's probably not going to hurt you to tweak a spell. And then if it works great. And then if it doesn't, you can recheck, is it a give it up or are you using the wrong spell? Mm. Or are you ready for this yet? Or, Have you cleared all your blocks? Oh, say, yeah. I was gonna say, or are your intentions really what you think they are? I think also, to that exact same point are your intentions are you really aligned with your intentions Mm -hmm. are you are you asking for the right thing because sometimes we're looking for a solution to a symptom and we need to treat a root cause yep and and that can be a that is just said a block on your spell check your blocks yeah and sometimes you have to work through the symptoms yeah I, I think that's a really great metaphor of that. No, it yeah. is. It just really it's fru- is. it's fussy. It makes me fussy when I have to do it. <laughs> I know. I know it's hard. But but that's what that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll just say this to everybody as well. Start trusting yourself. Start trusting your magic. Mm-hmm. Very rarely will you do something that you fuck up so badly it's going to screw things up for you. Now you can. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I haven't yet, but you can. Yeah, you can. I have. I absolutely have. I had some, I think I talked about this in the healing episode, Mm. and I had 
some backlash from something that I did. And it affected me physically. And I know that's what it was. So yes, you can. So be careful about that. But I'm so glad I did it. Yeah. Because I was risking and I was learning and it didn't kill me. It's not going to kill you most of the time. Unless you're fucking around with demons and stuff like that. Just, 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 if you are into that kind of stuff, there are tons of other podcasts out there that talk about that. Listen to them that have a lot of knowledge because they've, played around with this stuff but Stacy, I don't think that's what you're doing I might be wrong but I don't think so yeah I'd also say be mindful of frustration because if you're getting really frustrated about a spell just like when you're getting really frustrated with anything else get up and walk away for a while walk away (laughs) get up and walk away for a while because that'll space from it will give you clarity on how to solve the problem because you'll be able to say, why am I so frustrated? Mm-hmm. What is the problem that I am frustrated about? And then that will offer you an opportunity to find a solution. Drink some water. Write it down. <laughs> Take a breath and write it down, as Connor likes yeah. to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sarah asks, how are you able to get out of your head, per se, when journal writing? I used to do it all the time and felt it very worthwhile. But whenever I go back to reread my entries later, I can't hardly make it through because I feel like I'm so cringe. (laughs) How do I quit quit judging my thoughts on paper so harshly? Here's the thing about that. We all look back at stuff and cringe. Oh, yeah. And if you say you don't, I'm going to just say this. I don't believe you. <laughs> like, I don't. Nobody is so well adjusted that they look back on all of the things they've ever written and are like, yes, good, very salient. Yes, I like this. No, we all go, oh, God, <laughs> at least once. And what I would say is embrace the cringe because what it means is that you have grown. Yeah. Because if you are looking at it and you're like, holy smokes, what was I thinking when I wrote that? You were working through something that felt very real and very important in that moment, and you have learned since then. So you have the benefit of all the things you've learned and all the successes and failures since then, and all that hindsight and all the new perspective, and and it's okay to be cringy about the stuff you have written. When it comes to getting out of your head when you're journal writing, this is going to sound very cliche, like cheesy, but look up some prompts. That helps me when my brain is stuck and I can't get out of my head. I look up writing prompts. I look up character builder prompts. I look up witchy prompts. I look up actor prompts. I look up all kinds of different types of writing prompts because your head is one place. And so all of it's in there and you just got to figure out the thing that is going to help unlock some stuff for you. Prompts are not cheating. No, they're not. No, they're a great tool. I think you should start a podcast (laughs) and read read your journal entries on, I mean, I have done that and it just helped. No. I would rather jump off my roof. (laughs) That's what I remember you saying. Yeah. So that that was funny, cringeworthy stuff, but for real cringeworthy stuff that I don't believe anymore and I don't, it doesn't serve me anymore. I wrote a lot about my divorce. Mm. I wrote a lot about stuff I would never want my kid to read about her dad mm. kind of stuff. And it was very cathartic. I would never want anybody to read it. So I burnt it. There you go. Yeah. 
I just took it out and I burnt it. So that's the kind of cringeworthy. If you are like thinking you're brilliant and you're writing a beautiful poem Mm. or something like that or this emotional thing that you're going to publish and it's going to be the most transformative thing for everybody ever, it might actually be cringeworthy and you're looking back at it. And if if you're doing that kind of cringeworthy, yeah, every writer on the planet does that remember writers are artists and journalers in a different way fiction or nonfiction or whatever so you're just doing the same thing that they are yeah but if journaling has stopped serving you just what we just Just said a moment ago walk away from a while start to collage see if that helps doodle yeah do you want to know a secret Mm. hey listeners do you want to know a secret i want to know a secret everybody get really close i'm gonna tell you a secret all right when I look back at the poems I've written for the newsletter, yeah, it makes me so fucking uncomfortable. No, it yeah. doesn't. Really? Because I'm incredibly judgmental of my stuff that I have written. Oh my gosh, but it's so good, Corey. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, but we're going to do ASMR the rest of the... No. <laughs> Just so you all know, like as recent as last year, I look at stuff I have written and go, ugh. But wow. there are some things I look at and I go, huh. I like that. I'm going to keep it and I'm mm. going to keep it close to my heart and, and integrate it into my practice in my life. Mm. But journaling also, even if you loved it once, mm-hmm. if you no longer love it, just like that is said, do something else. Collage, mood board, sculpt, carve, yeah. something yeah. else. Try another format. Yeah. But if you're just judging yourself, that's more than about ju- journaling. Yeah. That's if if you're just going in and judging your creation yeah. or your thoughts or your ideas or who you were in that moment, that's different. Yeah. You could even, if you wanted to, this, I don't know if I could do because it would make me incredibly uncomfortable, but like I know some people who keep a video journal for themselves mm-hmm. and only they ever see it. Yeah. And so you can free association think out loud yeah. and talk through your feelings, which is very helpful. And then when you go back later, you can take note of anything that still resonates or sticks mm-hmm. out to you. If if that's something you are yeah. comfortable doing. I can't stand the sound of my own voice or the sight of my own face on films. Like, I can't do that. But mm-hmm. you could. Yeah. I'll go back to what I was saying just a moment about uh, yes. ju- being so harsh with yourself. Therapy helps with Hello. that. Hello. Reaching out to friends will help with that. And self-help books help with that doing magic for yourself to help you clear that block will help with that. Other places to be confident in your life are going to help with that as well. Because if you can't laugh at yourself, your past self, you got to laugh at them sometimes and you got to heal them sometimes and you got to go, Oh dear God. Cause like sometimes you used to believe a thing. Like you said, it's a thing you no longer believe. Like sometimes you used to really like a thing And then you found out that that thing was deeply problematic or sometimes you liked a person and that person ended up being deeply problematic or you used to think something was true and then now you've experienced life more and you know that it's not. And so looking back at that makes you feel very defensive because you think you should have known better or whatever. But really accountability means looking at the things that you've made mistakes about and learning and growing from them and so maybe if you just switch your your thinking around journaling and at least your past journaling stuff a little bit and think of it instead of oh god this was awful and instead think of it as look how far i have come from this place mm-hmm. that might be helpful also yeah. with the judgment yeah
Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you are so inclined, follow us on our socials, which is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Bonfire Babble Podcast. You can also follow us or join us on Patreon at Bonfire Babble Witches on Patreon and our website at bonfirebabble.com. You can also join our community on Discord by clicking the link in our link tree. If you're into snail mail, you can send us that at P.O. Box 16341, Seattle, Washington, 98116. And if you want to do that electronic thing, we're at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. Please also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps us out. It also helps other people find us. Yeah, and if you do it on Apple where you can actually write something, we will shout you out your name. Thank you again for listening. Bonfire Babble Podcast recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe. We honor their past and present stewardship of the beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To learn more about the tribe, go to realrentduwamish.org.